0: Yeah, so moving on. Um, so after getting winning promotion back, um, Rangers under Mark Warburton, um, there was an optimistic chance of going for 55 that year, but not to be as you'd come up against Brendan Rodgers' invincible Celtic side.
1: Yeah, like,
0: see going at that season, Chris, right, see me
1: we beat you in the semi-final and we lost the cup final, I was like, oh, right, I'm still not gonna be downbeat. I'm still feeling a little bit optimistic. Optimistic in the sense of that it, it, like we can challenge us. I never thought for one second we would come straight back up and win the league. That's just delusional, right? And see so when he's appointed Rogers, I was like, Oh, right, okay. We bit worried now. He's a top manager, everyone knows that. So say like Celtic went big. They were like, right, we need to make a statement here. Like, we got beat off Rangers in the semi-final. We need to go out there, get a big top-caliber manager, and that was Rodgers. So Rodgers came in, and I was looking at the players we were signing in the summer. Joey Barton was the standout at the time, right? I was very optimistic about Joey Barton. Um, Nicole Cranchard as well. I I was like, this guy's been there and done it. Technically, one of the – I wouldn't say one of the best, but technically, he's a great player. Uh, Some of the stuff he can do is brilliant, but the guy just can't run to save himself, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, like, and we signed Joey Gardner as well, right? That was the only player that that we paid money for, one point five million. And Celtic are signing Musa Dembele, Scott Sinclair. How can we compete? You know, but David, what did you make of the the signings we made under Warburton that window? Like, Warburton it, it, didn't get back. Let's be up, be honest about it. He didn't get back with money, so he only had to like work with what he had. You know, But when we signed people like Joey Barton, were you like feeling a wee bit optimistic about the season ahead? Because I was, because we all know wh- how good a player Joey Barton can be. In the previous season, he got Player of the Year for Burnley and he got them promoted.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, as you said, Player of the Year for Burnley, an established Premier League player, uh, went to Marseille. And then there was also all this talk of Barton v Scott Brown. And from the words of Joey Barton himself is that he's a Rangers fan. I thought he'd be right up for it. I thought, okay, this is a this is a, a winning mentality player. Maybe he can get across to all the like, the younger players like Barry McKay, Dave Bates. Um, I but like I had no doubt we were never going to win the league. I just thought it would they would become a point where we see progress instead of the only highlight I remember was Joy Gardner, um, getting a number one Christmas song.
1: Yeah. That's only highlight of that season. Like, <laughs> see at that point, mate. That's how far we had fallen. Where we, we were so far behind the league, and we we're like, "What's up? Make you brag about? All oh, right, Celtic are just miles ahead. Then, right? Do you know what we can do? Let's start a, a rivalry with Little Mix. Let's try and get number one. Let's get Joey Garner in number one. That's that's all we had at that point, <laughs> mate. Yeah.
0: Um, it only, only became worse. Where, um, what point was it? Was it about? January, February, that Warburton left. Oh,
1: no, will we'll come. We'll come to that, mate. I will come to that. But I just want to touch on like the start of the season as well. So we've signed like Joey Barton. We signed uh, Senderos as well, and uh, we'll come to Senderos how much a doddah uh, player he was. But so the start of the season comes around, right? And like first game against Hamilton, I was feeling excited. I'm like, it's good, good to be back in the Premiership, and it was a. Uh, it's a brilliant display saying fifty-five, right? And a lot of people take that out of context in the sense of like, oh, we're saying we're going to win fifty-five this year. No, it wasn't that. We were saying fifty-five. That's the objective for us. Whenever that will be, it will come. You know. And I, I seen Robert on an interview with Cy Ferry uh, a couple of year ago, where he was like, oh no, that's a worst thing could happen. But when you look at, when you actually dig uh, deep into it, it, it was meaning that's the objective for Rangers Football Club since we've returned to the top flight, So we draw by Hamilton that game and Joey Barton uh, got nutmegged by Ali Crawford. Never forget that one, man. <laughs> but Joey, going back to Joey Barton, Dave, Joey Barton talked a big game coming up here. Like, I remember on Top Spot, he was giving it the big one saying, Scott Brown's no Malik. Like, I'm miles ahead of Scott Brown, saying this and that, talking about... Do uh, you know what he was saying as well? Like, I like Joey Barton. He's a bit deluded where he was saying... Uh, oh, the press are treating me like I'm Lionel Messi. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, and seeing see in his mind, he genuinely thinks he's like a Roy Keaton caliber player. He's a good player, but he's nowhere near that yeah. level.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to, to be honest, right, in his Rangers career, he was all talk, no action. Like, I, his words persuaded me. He, I'll be honest, his words literally did persuade me and thinking we had the best midfielder in the league at that point. They, they actually did because of what he'd done in the previous year and all the words he said. But literally, as you said, after the first game, I, I realised, oh, oh, oh no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: no. And then when it came to the Barton v Scott Brown, the first old firm, after the first 10 minutes, he, he just couldn't compete. And that's when, I knew it was over. It
1: yeah, was that over. was, uh, that was at the back of our game, man, that was, had a big, where we got horse 5-1 and, even after that, I was still trying to be optimistic. I was like, oh, it happens, and or whatever. But it was just a downward spiral, you know. But see Joey Barton, right? He's a, obviously he's a very controversial character, right? So see when you're signing someone like that, you need to be able to deal with a personality like Joey Barton. And that's, see when you look at Sean Dycher at Burnley, he could deal with Barton, right? And if Joey Barton tried to pipe up, he would be like, Joey, sit down, mate, Right? But Mark Warburton cannot, he cannot cope with Joey Barton because Warburton's very reserved and he likes a good group around him. He doesn't like people that are going to speak out against him. And uh, Joey Barton done a podcast with Cal McFadden, who's been on this podcast a couple of times. And it was like a six-hour podcast, right? And Joey Barton done a, a tell-all episode. Uh, and he was talking about the bust-up the Hal. It was like nothing. It's like something that happens in a training ground. Like, it was right after the old Firm game. It was 5-1 where we got beat. And there was a few wee niggles here and there trying to roughen each other up. Nothing serious, right? And just a few words exchanged between Barton and Halliday. And Warburton didn't like it. Warburton wasn't impressed. And then Joey Barton bit back at Warburton. He was saying, what have you done? Like, who are you trying to criticise me? You know, then Barton got sent in to the training grounds. And then he met Warburton in his office. And then Joey Barton didn't reveal what he said. But I think we, we've got a good idea what of what Joey Barton probably did say to Warburton, <laughs> you yeah. know, his character. You know, so that was the end of his Rangers tenure. But I feel as though if Joey Barton, for example, if Joey Barton was in this Rangers team, I think he would flourish because he was also playing in a system, like the 4-4-3 system, it didn't suit him at all. Burnley playing a 4-4-2. But a four three, 4 3 3 system where he's just going to get constantly overrun did not suit him at all. remember that old firm game, the 5 1, he was playing alongside Nico Cranshaw and Josh Wundas. <laughs> like, what chance he got? <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, Joey Barton, he could have been something if he had the right manager, but obviously it didn't work out. He was gone after about six games. And then things did not get better at all. And then we come to around January time where we got beat off rookie manager. Ian Caffer, who was managing Hearts at the time, 4-1 at Tynecastle. And that was pretty much the end of Warburton. Then, as Chris was about to mention there, uh, there was stuff that came out about Warburton, apparently in talks with Nottingham Forest, Chris, if uh, if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, he was apparently in secret talks with Forest and then the Rangers board caught wind of this. and, And I think the Rangers board just seen that as a good opportunity to sack him. And I think Pedro Cassini was already lined up at that point. Dave, you take it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, No, I thought Chris was going. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, Woburn, he had his, he had his moments of, I mean, Woburn's magic hat didn't come out of nowhere. He had his moments. um, But as you said, he just didn't have the the character like Steve, like generally like Steve, your Stephen you your Brendan Rogers, to deal with these types of big players. Um and yeah, he his own his own discussions and not control just cost cost him really. Um yeah, and then Pedro Cucina, Oh
1: yeah, like as I said there, like he was I think he was already lined up, you know. Then Pedro Cucina comes in. Oh. Man, like who? You know, nothing about him. Like when you look at, his TV, like
2: or when you look at CV, mate. You're like, how is this guy get the new job? Who looks for him? Like who's actually in the Rangers board looking at this type of manager? Like who? Like I, I, I never would have thought to have imagined to pick Pedro Kashina of all the other candidates in the world.
1: Yeah, like it was baffling, you know, and. <laughs> Obviously we've seen our CV. C V we've seen the C V and we're like, how is this possible, right? I was, I was not optimistic at all. Like none whatsoever. But I was like, okay, I'll have an open mind. I'll give him a chance. You know, I'll give him a chance. And uh he comes in and it's first game's against Hamilton, one four nil, right? Then we play Celtic in the semi-final, Scottish Cup semi-final. It was an embarrassing performance, so it was like <laughs> mortgage, just ragged all it was it was pathetic, and then it just made it. I uh, just you know what gave me a massive red flag about Pedro Cassina, Right, he got beat two zero in that game. of oh, Celtic, we got humiliated. It was a disgraceful performance. Like Celtic, Celtic weren't even in second gear, and they still no. like beat us comfortably. And then the thing that annoyed me after the game was Casillas. all cozied up with Brendan Rodgers, giving him hugs and that. And I'm like, I don't want to see this. Like, I do not know yeah. want to see the Rangers manager like giving the Celtic manager hugs and high fives after we've just been beaten at Hampden in yeah. the cup. I don't want to see that. You know, and then we play Celtic again. I <laughs> See the defeat at Ibrox we've got to beat 5-1? I thought that was worse than the, <laughs> the 5-1 at Parkhead. The 5-1 <laughs> game at... Uh, but see, at halftime in that game, I left. I was just like, this is abysmal. Like, I can't deal with this. We're getting beat 2-0. And I just knew the way it was going, right? And I get back to the pub. Get back to the pub, mate, and you know what the score was at that point? 5-1. And I'm like, 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 that's how you know, like, it was bound to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, the standards of, that That was probably the, probably the first 5-1 was the turning point when I realised how big, like, the gap has to improve and how much Predio Kikshina, literally after his first couple of games, wasn't the manager to do it <laughs> at I, all.
1: Yeah, and you hear that, like, David, you hear the stories from the players on open goal, of, like Fordham, um Rob Kiernan, yeah, yeah, like, he, like, Josh Windass as well. The stories about, like, like the guy was just so like he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He didn't get Rangers Football Club, and he would. He, I, I think it was Windass or Fordrum uh, told the story where he was like it was were doing something about tactics, right? And he, sh- he was showing them a presentation of how one of his teams played in Mexico, and it was this basic, slow, low tempo passing. And he was saying every Rangers player in the room was looking around each other like we're doomed <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy does not get Rangers at all and then he had that strict pre-season uh, regime and that strict uh, like oh, what was it, holiday schedule where the Rangers players only had about 14 days off after that or something like that Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 8
1: days off, then Joey Gardner had his stag do booked in Vegas and then he went in and asked Pedro, he's like, yeah, right. I've been just getting it it's a few days off what my stag do coming up in Vegas, so I did the book. i spent a fortune on it. So right, I'm right, and get a few extra days off. And he's like, "No, you'll be here for training. Uh, be here for so and so date." No, it's not happening. And then Joshua was like, right at that moment in time, I knew Joey Gardner was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know it was, it was a, it was a disaster, you know. And then the 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 famous game against, oh God, you know. Progress. Well, you we got knocked out in the first round of the Europa League.
2: Worst result of probably in my lifetime. Probably ever actually in a Rangers career.
1: I agree. Um I'll I'll come to you here, Chris. Sorry, this is a, I know this is basically like a Rangers <laughs> orientated episode. Um see when Rangers got beat off progress. What were you
0: thinking at that moment in time? You were like, you are so far ahead of them, it's scary. I was laughing, but at the same time it was like it was a laughing as if they're just so bad it's pitiful.
1: No, like, not too act like see to be fair, I absolutely agree with you, you know. And the, that was when the banter years were in full swing. They were the well <laughs> truly were in full swing. And then remember the, the photos after the game, David, where Cassini was arguing with the Rangers fans in a bush.
2: In the in the bush, yeah.
1: I was in the bush, I was like, Oh, I can't get any worse, man. I was I like truly can't get any worse.
2: I can't believe it I mean they 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 certainly were the banter years like as I said to you earlier I just can't believe like that this was a Rangers team (laughs) like in my lifetime like you think of all like all my like all my ancestors my families all the teams they've seen and then we've got Pedro Kachina in a bush and Joey Gardner getting number one
1: (laughs) I know and uh, we need to talk about Pedro's signings mate that you made he only ever brought in two good players Alfredo Morelos and Daniel Pendez. Then the rest are just dreadful Carlos Pena, Eduardo Herrera, oh. uh,
2: Gomez, who Dalcio Gomez.
1: I would say, oh, oh
2: Bruno Alves,
1: Bruno Alves. Yeah, I, we had we actually had high hopes about him, you know, mm-hmm. and then oh, god. And do you know what? I think annoys me as well. He was given 10 million pounds to spend in the summer. Mark Warburton was given peanuts, right? Pedro Cassinia, worst manager in our history, by the way, don't get anyone says, worst manager in our history, was given £10 million to spend. And the only good thing that ever came out of Cassinia's reign, obviously long-term, was Alfredo Morelos. That was it. And it was it was horrific. And from what I've heard off the Rangers players, like on open goal, like the interviews with Cy Ferry, they were saying there was like a divide with like the foreign players and the British players, because the foreign players came in and they didn't really mix well with the the British players, like the and the the other players who were at the club at the time, because Pedro caused as much of, the, of a divide between the like within the uh, the club, and you have seen that on the pitch where we couldn't even win three games in a row, like yeah. it, like once we got like two wins in a row, we come to the third game drop points, and. Then we, we come to the, the game at Ibrox against Celtic where Pedro Cassini is up to Scott Brown. Then Josh Windass takes out Pedro Cassini with a late tackle, if you remember that one.
2: Yeah, can't, cannot forget it.
1: And then we can't forget the, the quotes as well. The dogs keep going in the caravan. What was it? The dogs keep barking and the caravan keeps going.
2: <laughs> it's just... Yeah, as I, I say, I, I don't know who was the man in the Rangers board to appoint this person, but I mean that just shows like not everyone can manage Rangers or Celtic. It literally takes someone of like, like knowing lean, the game,
1: quality,
2: yeah, and yeah. <laughs> quality. Like you just can't pick off anyone off the street and be like, oh yeah, you can be the Rangers manager. And next thing you know, he's he's making the quotes. <laughs> what, what's that other one? He got asked something about.
1: I think Rangers were like, at player, right? And he got asked about it. And he went, What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas?
0: like,
1: Oh, <laughs> I,
2: I, oh, how did it go again? I I it's on like,
1: it, was, it was like, He got asked about, I can't remember the player, right? And then he was like, What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? And you're like, <laughs> God, man, this is the Rangers manager. Like, I, I, at that point, I was just like, The way the season was going, I was like, Just need to get rid of him now. And then the, the League Cup semi-final came against Mullerwell and he got beat 2-0. Uh, that was a, a rotten day. Rotten day, so it was. And uh, that, let's see, then I think the majority of Rangers fans wanted him gone. It was a dismal display. You could tell the players were not playing for him at all. You play come on the Wednesday night. Terrible performance, right? I think we're winning one 0 for the throughout the majority of the game. Oh, no, I think, I can't, I can't remember how it went. I think, uh, it was, yeah, we're winning 1-0 throughout the game. And then we get a penalty, like, at the last minute. Daniel Kondias, right, misses it. It was probably the worst penalty I've ever seen, right? And it wouldn't surprise me if, like, <laughs> this is a joke by the way, right, but it wouldn't surprise me if he actually meant to miss that because it was like past <laughs> passed it. It was like you trying to pass it into the net. It was a <laughs> pathetic penalty. Then come on up, go up the other end and score one each. And then... I'll never forget the next day I was in college I was constantly checking my phone for updates right and we all remember Julie right Julie Julie, Julie was like this time. Scott get off your phone I was like no I need to check if big Pedro Cassini has been sat yet quite how much this will mean to me this is it's getting beyond a joke now this is like we're going back to the championship years you know like and then constantly checking 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 and then I see a hang on the scoreboard It was like um, like Pedro Cassini arrives at the training ground but this was like 8 in the morning. And then it was like, oh, it's for training. Oh, they're literally baiting me here. And then I oh, forget it, man. It comes out. Notification. Breaking news. Sky Sports. Pedro Casino has been sacked as Rangers manager. And then you should have heard me in the class. I was like, yes! Go to the berserk. And Julie's like, oh, I think he's been sacked then. And I was like, why? Oh, <laughs> Thank God.
2: Oh, my, I bet, I bet Chris was raging. Where, no,
1: I, um, Oh, no, Chris. What was your reaction when big Pedro got the boot?
0: I knew he had it coming. Were you, were
2: you raging, but?
0: A wee bit, aye.
2: Aye, I, I would be too. <laughs> I think, mean, oh,
0: great. Yeah, I think it was like when Lennon got the boot, we were like, oh, got Aye, exactly. Aye. So, uh, Graham Murphy overtook at over that point. He did all right for the most part. I'll give him a wee bit of credit where it's due, but um, obviously the big one was the 5-0 grubbing at Celtic Park that Quenchly got Parkhead for us. That was his undoing. Um yes. see Marty, um, Marty he he
1: was a he was a youth coach, right? And it's different I know Gerard was a youth coach when he took over Rangers, but that's Stephen Gerard, right? He's done it at a top, top level, and he's one of the greatest footballers the world has ever seen, right? He knows what it's like to be at a big club. Graham you know, Marty, though, being thrown in that kind of limelight, that kind of pressure. There's a lot for him to deal with, you know. And he we had to work with what he had, and we made some decent signings in January, to be fair. Like we should we signed Jason Cummings. Um, like well, I thought at the time these are decent players, right? We're bringing in we brought in Jamie Murphy, um, Russell Martin. Uh, I think Yay. who else, but I can't remember who else on the top of my head, but we made some decent signings. And I thought, you know what, this could be I didn't think we could win the league, but I thought I thought at that point, I think my optimism was my own worst enemy at this point. I was thinking, right, we can I think we could at least <laughs> win a cup. That's what I thought. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> was I, wrong, man. I uh, that-
2: mean, I I would actually I'd like to give because actually I know a lot of people that have played under him in the youth level, and he he he's a proper Rangers man. Um like he's a, he's I've been told he's a brilliant coach. He like he he goes one v one in you, tells you what you need to do. He's a proper like family type manager. Um, but as you said, I think I think just the shock of he's not he's not doing the youth players anymore. He's doing the main squad. Like don't I think all his coaching methods and one on ones were great. I think just the whole pressure of you've now got like thousands and tens of thousands of people watching you. I think that just made it probably overcomplicated it for him a bit.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely spot on, Dave. Because do you remember that interview done after we lost a game, I think it was, and he done his, I done a post-match interview, and he was tearing up. He was, he literally looked like he was about to cry. And you felt yeah. you know, sorry for him, like, like him getting thrown out in the like the public eye like that. was a lot for him to deal with, and. He was trying his best. He, like, he can't fault his effort, you know. He's doing everything he can. And there were some decent moments under Marty be Fair. And he, he, went, he went on a decent run between, like... It was, like, between December... No, no, I think it was, like, between, like, February and March time, actually. Went on a decent run. And then we were playing Celtic at Ibrox. And uh, that was a game where I think a lot of Rangers fans... We're starting to, not, I didn't believe this, but a lot we're starting to believe, if we win this, it's on. You know, and we we started the game well. Do you remember it? When Josh won this, scored within like two minutes. Yeah,
2: the first, yeah, yeah I remember. It won
1: that scored, then Celtic equalised. Then Daniel Kondias scored 2-1. Then Celtic got a man sent off. I can't remember who it was, Chris. Was it Encham it got sent off?
0: can't remember. I can remember Edward scored the winner, but...
1: Yeah, like, Celtic got a player sent off and then they went on to win it. Uh, like, Edward, is it Edward? Uh, yeah, Edward's Edward scored the winner. Yeah, Edward scored the winner. And then after that, that was the, there was, like, the Rangers players were just so defeated, you know, like, so, so defeated. And, it, like, going back to Murray though, like, he was, I think he's a better coach than a manager. Aye. You know he's a better coach than than a manager, and as you said, Dave, like the way he's bringing on some of the youth players and the one-on-ones, and how he's able to develop them into technically really good players.
2: Yeah, like a lot about them, you know. And for example, he literally he he literally developed Billy Gilmore. Like he he, for his whole career until he left Rangers for Chelsea, it was all Marty developing him. Like so, you and he saw potential there. It's just, as you said, he's a better coach than the manager.
1: Not 100%, you know. And uh, the final name in the coffin for Murray was at the 5-0 game where Celtic won the league uh, at Celtic Park. Um, and that was a, and obviously another uh, embarrassment. And at that point, we're like, "What do we go for here, man? Like, where do we go for here? Like, You know what I was actually thinking after that result? can they actually go to 10 now? Like, are we that far gone after what's happened to us over the years? Is this our status now? Is this Ranger, Rangers Football Club status where we're going to be playing second fiddle to Celtic every season? Because at that point, they were just untouchable. They went on to do a back-to-back treble. And Brendan Rodgers was obviously saying at that time, oh, I'm here for the 10. And we just didn't see any hope. And then just, uh, I know what you're about to bring up here, the man, the legend, the box office name himself, Stephen Gerrard, comes into Rangers.
0: Yeah, a bit of a slow start at first, but he's got there and then. So, like, he's reminisced of the journey, Stephen Gerrard. Oh, took.
1: absolutely. Dave, so tell me your initial reaction when we appointed this beautiful
2: man. Like, I'll say this right before, like, right after Marty got sacked. I literally remember. I thought it would be in literally like the mid like twenty twenties until we even challenged Celtic. Like I thought it would be a top four side. Even now, I thought it would be um, when Stephen Jr. came in. The, the the hopes got up a bit, but I'm going to be honest. I still didn't expect to stop the ten. Um, even with Gerrard coming coming in, I still didn't expect to stop the ten because he, as I said, he's only been here for he only had literally two seasons. And then he would have this this season to literally show what he can do to stop the 10. Um, I thought I thought it was to go, I thought it was an amazing appointment because what we saw with the previous managers was experience and experience and experience, and they did work. And then I saw that Stephen Giard, as who you said is a legend of the game. The fact that none of the previous appointments worked with experience. Let's try this out, and I thought it was a brilliant signing. And <laughs> the the blue tinted glasses are coming on. <laughs> Best signing the Rangers have done in like de- I mean, de- decades.
1: No, <laughs> oh, absolutely agree, mate. Like Stephen, me appointed him, I was I was starstruck. Right, I was like so optimistic, man. I mean, I'd just seen Steven Gerrard and Ibrox Rangers suit on, Ranger scarf above him. And just he has just a, a an aura about him. Like when he walks in a room, you listen. Like he's got this presence. He's he's done it all in the game, like a serial winner. And he, when he when he done that press conference and he said that famous quote, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." it. mate. It, it was like, "Let's go." <laughs> and I said I remember I done a Scott score episode um, three years ago on this, and. I was saying, as I keep saying, I was like, right, he needs patience, right? He's got no managerial experience at all. He needs time. It's going to be serious bumps along the way, as we've seen. We've seen that in his first season. seen that in the second season, right? But obviously, we need to talk about Gerald's first season, where we there was a there was improvements there, and we've seen that. David, like we made Europe for the first time uh, since 2011. So that was a a fair Gerard's cap, you know, and obviously we did make out of the groups, but just to be back in Europe was something special.
2: Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. Like that that alone, to me at the time, just showed that there's something different about him.
0: Yeah. Because
2: with that little experience and the fact that you've you the same players pretty much literally the same players, and you managed to do what. Pedro Cachina couldn't do that's when I realized, like, oh, yeah, okay, there is hope. He's still, he's still probably got a lot of nooks and cranks to fix out, which he's he still, he actually still probably, he still does because he's still a young manager. Um, but yeah, that's when that was probably, yeah, the first bit of hope.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, you know, and then um, that season though, that was a f- like we beat Celtic, uh. I I think it was New Year time. New Year time beat Celtic. Ryan Jack scored. It went right through Scott Brown's legs. That was a a great moment. Uh, And Gerard got one over his old boss, Brendan Rogers. So that would have been a sweet one for Stevie Boy. (laughs) 100%. And obviously, like Gerard and Rogers, there was a wee bit of, like, from what I've read, there was a wee bit of uh, just a wee bit of animosity towards the end of Gerard's. Uh, tenure at uh, Liverpool, where I think it was a game against Real Madrid where Gerard got benched, and then Rogers said to Gerard, You haven't got a future here. Um, I'll let you see out the last six months for a, f- a send off in that. And I think that was a so on for Gerard. I don't think he forgot that, where he was like, I won't forget that. You ended my Liverpool career when you didn't need to. it." And I feel as though Rogers done that as a an ego thing. So he did. And we all know Rogers got a huge ego, and I feel as though he was like, well, You want to be the man that ended Gerard's. Uh, Liverpool career you know and then I think that was another reason that probably I wouldn't say it was a big reason but I think that was a small reason that enticed Gerrard to come up and was like I'm going to see if I can do it against Brendan Rogers here and uh, obviously that didn't last long as Brendan Rogers <laughs> left and they jumped ship
2: Chris what what was your thoughts when he left halfway, halfway through the season
0: I definitely did feel a bit betrayed because I felt he was leaving but not just like the push for 10 in that but like he had a chance that season for a then unprecedented treble treble so there's definitely some bitterness towards him for that that he was like giving up on that to settle at Leicester. Do you think like, like I actually know a few
2: Celtic fans that say he's lost his like legend status would you agree? I
0: think it's one of those ones and in- well, for me personally in time I've been able to move on, kinda of accept it and forgive him to an extent. I know some never will that if he ever comes back as manager or managing a European team or whatever, then they'll he'll get the cheers and shouts of Judas and all that. But um for me I've moved on and time I've been able to kinda of understand what his reasoning behind leaving would have been. So um for me, no, he'll always be the man that gave us the invincible treble. Very
2: level-headed. Well done. <laughs>